This is Minecraft, a podcast series in which we aim to destigmatize mental health one podcast at a time. In the next three episodes, you can learn more about mental health literacy and mental health first aids in the classroom. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Minecraft, a podcast series through which we aim to destigmatize mental health one classroom at a time. I'm Akush. With me here is Wanchit, and in today's podcast, we will discuss mental health literacy in schools and first aid skills in mental health. For that, we have invited Dr. Marusia Bardaji, a well-being coordinator with years of experience in counseling. Marusia is a psychologist born in the south of Brazil. She has completed her training in Brazil and Canada with a postdoc at the University of Lisbon in 2015. As a psychologist, she has two main fields of expertise, vocational and career psychology and clinical psychology. Marusia has been working for over 20 years, both as a researcher and as a therapist or career advisor. She has experience with issues of academic adjustment, development, um, personal development in young adulthood, the difficulties faced in transitioning from school to college, and from college to the world of work. Marusia now works as a student well-being coordinator at Forward College in Lisbon, and she is also a clinical psychologist at the University of Lisbon. Thank you so much for joining us here today. Thank you for inviting me. I think this is a really special and important topic, and I'm willing to contribute. To start off, um, there is a question that interests us the most. Um, what are some effective ways uh, to promote mental health literacy among teachers and school staff, enabling them to better understand and address mental health challenges in students or in schools or in the classroom? Okay. Uh, I think the first thing we need to think about and, and actually know is that Mental health is not uh, some people's problem, you know. It's not something that we need uh, to address to help people that struggle with mental health. Mental health is for us. It's for me. It's for you. It's for the teachers. It's for everybody. I mean, we all need to take care of our mental health in order to to be able to enjoy the most of our experiences, improve our capacities, our skills, and be able to connect with people and have positive relationships. And this starts really early. That's why we are interested in uh, talking about it in school environments and how to help people from an early age to take care of themselves and to improve their mental health. So this is really uh, important. And literacy, it's one of the key, uh, it's one of the keys uh, to do that. I mean, knowledge is actually uh, ability to take action. I mean, the better we will do if the better we know. So providing literacy and one way to provide that literacy is really have um a conception of mental health education in schools. And that's not only talking about diseases, 
but it's really uh, talking about good habits, good health and good mental health habits so they can prevent mental health issues from happening long life uh, thinking about a long life uh, experience so uh, if we know more about it and um, unfortunately unfortunately we have uh, heard about it from covid pandemic situation you know we we would like not needing that to be able to talk about mental health but okay if that's um the context now we really talk about it a lot more than before uh we are really interested in knowing how people are dealing with their experiences and especially on school and work environments that has been uh really increasing uh frequency um and the way we really address mental health issues. So um, in school environments, as as you were asking me, Akos, um, I think we need we really need to address three main dimensions. It's providing literacy, you know, really empower people and people meaning students, parents, and teachers with knowledge and skills uh, in first aid uh, skills for instance uh, the second dimension is uh, really have ways to um, counsel and provide uh, mental health interventions if needed uh, even inside the school environment uh, as we think now in the work environments as well and the third dimension is having the strong awareness that mental health issues are treatable. And if I struggle with something at one point of my life, that really doesn't mean that I need to struggle with that same thing all my life. No, there are treatments available. There are ways to get, uh, to feel better and to get, more uh, positive coping strategies to deal with those situations. So, um, and we can uh, learn that really early, you know, that mental health is for everybody. I can take care of my own mental health in a way, and I can get help uh, if I need, and if I feel that I don't have uh, the resources myself to do, to deal with those situations. And most of all, it's treatable. I can feel better and I really can enjoy and uh, be able to profit from my experiences if I take care of myself. So the literacy uh, is really empowering the stakeholders involved, you know, especially parents and teachers uh, to know better and therefore to do better for the students. What do you think are ways for teachers who have been already practicing for uh, multiple years to to learn about mental health? Because, for example, I can imagine like reading multiple books from authors, but sometimes they just don't have the time. And obviously they would like some leisure activities as well, not just thinking about school all the time. How do you think that they can 
actually get um, knowledge that is um, reliable and practical? I think it's a really nice question. I mean, sometimes uh, we live in in a moment that has uh, information available for everybody from everywhere. And this is good, but maybe not that good <laughs> because we need to separate what is reliable and scientific and useful information and what is myths and stereotyped information and gossip and, you know, um, unrealistic uh, misconceptions about anything, including mental health. So um, when we speak on literacy and mental health education, we are really talking about training uh, and having uh, inside the school environment a space um, to learn about it, to recognize signs of mental health uh, problems or uh, difficulties, uh, to learn how to deal with different situations, you know, happening with students, with teachers themselves. You know, they are really uh, also vulnerable to mental health uh, difficulties and, and suffering. So um, I think the better way to provide that information is uh, from training with specialists. You know, uh, schools usually have psychologists or a health uh, consultant that can really provide that literacy and help teachers and parents uh, also to separate what is good information and useful information from what is uh, misleading information. So uh, recommendations of books, uh, training programs, really a space to share uh, experience and share strategies. Uh, this can... it. Those are not difficult uh, interventions to structure in school environments. They have staff. Uh, they can get. Uh, they can have access to uh, external staff if there's no psychologist or a health professional inside. So I think this could really be helpful. You know, when I am. Uh, in my working environment, a school, a university, a college, uh, whatever, um, I can have that information from uh, my colleagues, from peer, uh, other peer teachers, maybe, uh, and from health professionals like psychiatrists, psychologists, counselors, uh, health educators, and we really can build a network of good information. So if I have, if I'm interested in the subject, I can read something in my in my free time. I can go to uh, to an event, to a course. Of course, I can do that, but I need to be provided with good information that helps my work in my work environment. So the training part, I think it would be the best way to, to provide that literacy. And um, in terms of goals, I mean, what, what do I want to achieve uh, from, from that mental health uh, education? Disconstruct the myths about mental health, you know, like for instance, 
mental health doesn't affect uh, children or uh, it's a personal issue uh, only and doesn't matter to the larger community. It's a family or an individual thing and has to be addressed by the individual or only by um, his or her family. And that's not true. I mean, we can create, again, a network of good uh, information and good practices uh, in the whole school environment uh, and community. So uh, it's treatable. And one of the myths is that uh, mental health diseases or pathologies, you know, you can really not do anything about it. And that's a mistake. You know, of course, we can do a lot of things about it and we can do things really early especially uh, we cannot prevent those things from happening or we cannot um, or it's not important to address mental health until something happens in terms of mental you know like um, we have to wait for something to to be broken then we can fix it uh, instead of okay how can we improve the conditions to that individual? Maybe not broke anything, <laughs> never broke anything. So uh, I don't need to wait for my heart condition to do my exercises, to eat well, to you know, have good, healthy habits. I mean, I'm preventing my heart from being sick. And we usually don't think that way about mental health. You know, if someone is not suffering, so everything is all right. We don't need to do anything. Uh, we don't need to talk about it. We don't need to improve good habits. We don't need to suggest uh, ways to feel even better, you know, to have even more energy, to have even more um, uh, meaning in our activities. So that's really preventive from mental health uh, difficulties and, and suffering in the future. So we can do that and literacy can provide us with those kinds uh, of information and they were, they could be really helpful. Thank you very much. That was a very insightful response. Thank you so much, Marusia. Um, that kind of leads me on to the next question, where in one of our interviews during this project, we talked to a private school who had a very well-funded mental health infrastructure where they had uh, teachers who were properly trained in analyzing and assessing the mental health situation of students. And even if they had problems, uh, what kind of problems they were and what would be some of the effective ways to treat it. They had a lot of um, counselors and psychologists available for those students to get help. Um, however, this is not the case in most places. And often in schools, there's an undue focus on, on academics even if it is not the primary issue for the students. How do you think teachers can more effectively understand the different dimensions of mental health issues, starting from preventative issues to issues that are minor and can be solved by um, small measures that the teachers themselves and in groups can take with the students, or whether those problems are um, severe and need to be treated by a professional psychologist? Uh, very nice question. <laughs> um, I think it, we always talk uh, in terms of level 
and uh, frequency and intensity. You know, we can uh, have one episode of something, but it's really intense and important and have a great impact on different uh, dimensions in our lives. And we can have, on the other hand, a lot of uh, not so intense uh, situations, but constantly ha constantly happening, and then they can have the same impact. Or, you know, it's not a question uh, what is worse or not, but how can we recognize that something is not okay uh, with my peer teacher or with a student or with myself? <laughs> And um, how do oh, uh, how much do I know about getting help and levels of help and strategies that I can use myself or other uh, interventions uh, that request uh, a professional and expertise uh, person? So um, I think, of course, the the model you just described is really ideal, you know, to have an environment that has staff and uh, prepared and well-trained staff to deal with difficult situations, have having teachers and maybe even parents empowered with good information and the possibility to recognize really early in, in an early stage, uh, those alert signs and, and red flags then we can um, talk about them right now, but we know that the reality of 90% of the school environments is really not that one. So uh, that's why we really um, insist uh, in the need of information and training for those parents and teachers. Talking about the dimensions, of course, uh, I can uh, have uh, well-being difficulties or I can be struggling with something that affects my mood and my energy and uh, my emotions and make me vulnerable to other difficulties. Um, and those uh, problems can have... Uh, their origin and in a family issue, a divorce, conflict uh, environment at home, uh, difficulties with, you know, drugs or alcohol or any other uh, situation like that. Uh, they can have origin in my academic results, you know, bad results, difficulties with learning, hyperactivity or any other learning uh, disabilities, uh, they can have origin and some uh, personal vulnerability, organic meaning. Uh, but for the external individuals, teachers, really knowing where does it come from is not that important um, in my view, of course. Uh, the most important is recognizing that something is not uh, okay and uh, being available to address that not okay situation. Uh, so um, then in, in, in the future, we can 
trying to figure what uh, or where does that come from. But in the beginning, knowing that someone is not feeling okay and is struggling with something, it's suffering uh, for any reason, it's more important than knowing what reason is that. So recognizing the signs, as you were saying, uh, it's really important. And um, what is a sign that is something is not okay? Change of behavior. Any changes uh, in the way that person uh, communicates, behaves, concentrates, the changes in their achievement. Uh, and this is really um, easily identified in a school environment because we usually know that children, uh, those students for a long time. So we can recognize, you know, this is not the way the student used to, you know, play with others or study or participate in the classroom. It can be lower concentration perception. I mean, you know, used to be a very focused and disciplined student and now kinds of has no concentration, is distracted, cannot pay attention to the activities, um, is a student gets isolated and that's not the normal uh, behavior was someone that really used to be around other students and participate in group activities and really enjoyed those activities. And now it's kind of isolating himself or herself from those uh, same groups or activities. Um, is having behavior that is like uh, kind of rebellious or um, aggressive. And that's really not that same student pattern for uh, the times before. I mean, I see any changes in uh, specific changes in my students. I mean, really a mood swing, um, a crying student, uh, a student who cries, you know, with some frequency or gets aggressive with some frequency or doesn't want to be in classroom, it's an absent, uh, keeps uh, not showing up for for a time, uh, it's isolating, has low concentration, uh, it's getting bad results. Uh, those are really signs that something is not uh, okay with that student. Um, and sometimes teachers do observe that and just think about it, you know, and they can be concerned, but not really feel the confidence uh, or know if it's proper or not proper to approve the student. Um, and if, even if the teacher thinks that it's uh, appropriate to approach the student, doesn't know how or doesn't have the confidence to to know what to say or what to do so and especially with um, youngest the youngest students you know because the change of behavior sometimes is even more uh, detectable adolescents can really sometimes uh, put that suffering or that struggling in the shadow and and though they don't show that much but 
even then we can uh, have those same signs of of alert, especially not showing up and isolating and having uh, aggressive or more rejective uh, behavior towards uh, others or teachers. Um, but in uh, young children, it's really more detectable because they are more action they express externally uh, more what's happening inside than adolescents you know for for norm not in specific cases but uh, most of the cases so uh, this is also information uh, this is also literacy i mean what are the signs uh, that we can be uh, alert to and observe i mean change of behavior and those kinds of change in the children's and the students' behavior. So this is the first thing. If I know that can be just not a mood thing uh, or a personality trait, uh, this can mean that something is uh, happening there with that with that young children or with that adults and with that student. Uh, I feel more confident to be able to help. 